So maybe you've been in a small group or a Bible study before, and it's, you know, it's going pretty good. You're having like some good conversation, and it gets towards the end of your time together, and the leader of the group says, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna finish with prayer. Does anyone have any prayer requests? And everybody cringes, right? Because every group has that one person who like pulls out their prayer journal, and it's this giant book, and they open it. It's like page 284, and they're like, this is just for this month. And they have all these prayer requests, and they want you to pray for like everyone they know. And their prayer requests seem a little trivial. They start going through them, and they're like, okay, uh, Aunt Betty, Aunt Betty is having her toenail removed this week. I'd like if we could pray for her. And well, my dog has a rash, so if we could add that to the list. And there's my brother Bob, and you know his gout is flaring up again. So if we could pray for that. And then there's you know my cousin, third cousin really by marriage, and it always leads to a story, right? He's he's going to be deployed, and the last time he was deployed, he ate some bad food, and he got diarrhea, and they had to send him home. And it's like these prayer requests that are totally nuts, and everyone in the group is like kind of rolling their eyes, right? And you can't say no, you gotta pray for Aunt Betty and her toenail, but it just, it feels inconsequential. You're like, I I don't even know your brother Bob, and I'm sorry for his gout. I I don't know your third cousin by marriage either, and it feels, I don't know, kind of meaningless. Well, today, we're gonna talk about prayer. Aren't you excited? So if you got a Bible, get it out. Go to Ephesians chapter three, Ephesians chapter three. And while you're turning there, just confession for me. Prayer is, prayer's hard for me. And there have been a lot of times in my life where I've heard, okay, the preacher's talking about prayer again. I kind of tuned out because the prayer sermon, it makes me feel guilty because the pastor's gonna be talking about, oh, Brad, you get to talk to the creator of the universe You should want to do that all day long. It's like skipping through a meadow with rainbows and unicorns. And I'm like, I I don't want to do that all day long. And so I feel like a loser, and now I feel like a sinner. So thank you. So here's the deal with today's message. I don't have five steps for you to have a great prayer life. I can't give you a bunch of tips to make it perfect. For a lot of us, prayer is a discipline. And it takes hard work and it takes years to even begin to master. I don't have a magical formula for you today on prayer. Instead, what we're going to do, we're going to look at the way the Apostle Paul prays. And at first, it might seem a little bit intimidating. Like, okay, this guy Paul, he's like super holy. Like, I'm not on the same level as that guy. But there's something about looking at people that we admire, people that we kind of respect, looking up to them and going, there's something I can learn from you. So maybe today as we look at as we look at the way the apostle Paul prays, we might learn some things about the way that we can pray. And maybe there's other stuff to pray for other than Aunt Betty's toenail. Sorry Aunt Betty, love you. So We're in this series going through the book of Ephesians, so let's go to the city of Ephesus, and there's a church there. It's a great church. They have, I mean, they have great ministry. They have awesome worship music, and the the teaching is good, and their outreach is just off the charts. They're, They're caring for the poor, and they're feeding the homeless. It's a great church. In fact, it's kind of the cool church in town to go to. But these guys have only been Christians for about 10 years. It's really all new. And so as they even try and process, what does it mean to call myself a Christian? What does it mean to follow Jesus? They're asking questions like, 
what's theology? How, how do we pray? Like, what do we even totally believe? They have no Bible. And so when the Apostle Paul writes a letter to them, the whole church gathers. They're hungry to hear what he has to say. And so they've gathered up to hear this letter from Paul. And Paul begins writing. And he starts by just really retelling the story of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus. He, he summarizes it this way in, in chapter two. He says, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in sin. So he starts out and he just retells the gospel. He goes, this is the gospel, that we were dead in sin, you, me, dead in sin. But through a relationship with Jesus Christ, God makes us alive. And so Paul is going to say, because of that gospel, because of that life that God has given us, that's the reason that he prays the way he does. That prayer is not sort of this, this thing that lives by itself over on a shelf that's detached from the gospel. No, we pray because of the gospel. Prayer is dependent on the gospel. Prayer is dependent on the love and the character and the work of God. So let's look at how the Apostle Paul prays. Let me show you. Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. Here's what it says. He says, for this reason, meaning because of the gospel, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So Paul is writing this uh, letter from a prison in Rome. He's being held on these sort of fake, these bogus trumped up charges. And so he writes this letter and he's talking about prayer. And you might imagine that he would, in his prayers, talk about getting out of prison or something like that, right? Like, what would you talk about? What would you pray about if you were in prison? Like, I think about, okay, we've been in quarantine prison for a couple months, right? So what are your prayers like right now? While you're in quarantine prison, what are your prayers like? Mine, mine goes something like this. Uh, God, get me out of my house. God, help everybody keep their jobs. God, help protect us and keep us safe. Um, God, get my kids back to school. Very focused on, on sort of circumstances, right? But listen to Paul's prayer. He says, I pray that God would strengthen you in your inner being. Isn't that interesting? Nothing about circumstances, living conditions, health, justice, nothing about Brother Bob's gout or anything that is sort of attached to conditions. He said, I pray that God would strengthen your inner being. All right, well, what does that mean, that, that phrase, inner being? So we gotta go to Bible school for a minute, okay? We gotta go to, we gotta go to seminary here, a little nerdy theology coming at you. So there's this phrase, this theological position. Scholars use this phrase, the bipartite view a bipartite view of humanity. It means that we are made up of two parts, bipartite, two parts. And so we know that one part of our being is physical, 
we have a physical body. And that physical body, that physical presence has physical needs. We need air, we need water, we need food, we need shelter. Even more than that though, our physical body, because we're physical beings, we actually need to exist in, in a physical world. We need uh, our physical presence to, inter- to, to come into contact, to interact with other physical beings. It's why quarantine is so hard because we're missing that physical contact, that physical energy and presence. Yeah, we can do Zoom and we can do FaceTime and Skype and all that stuff, and it's okay, but it's not the same thing, right? It's not, it doesn't feel real. It's because we need physical presence and physical contact. Like I, I need to shake some hands. I need to give some hugs. Even for an introvert like me, I need that because I am a physical being. We exist as physical beings. We need to exist in this physical world. Of course, we know that we have this physical being. We need to take care of our physical being, right? And so we do lots of things. You know, we, we exercise, we run a little, we do some yoga, we don't eat too many cheeseburgers, we don't drink too much, we, we put on our seatbelt when we get in the car. We, we take care of our physical bodies, and that's, that's good. We should do that. Then Paul throws in this other piece. He says, I pray that God would strengthen you in your inner being. Your inner being. What's that? What's what's inner being? Well, that's really the other part of our our being. We have the physical part, but we're bipartite. We have two parts. We have the physical part, but it's this other part, the inner being. It's It's this spiritual part. It's the immaterial part of us. It's the part of us that will live after our bodies die and and we go into the ground. And every human being is made like this, bipartite, with physical and spiritual. This spiritual, this immaterial, it's, it's our motivations, it's our dreams and our desires, it's our emotions, it's our, our heart and our minds. It's that place where we either find peace or chaos, where we find joy or bitterness. It's the other part of our being. And the physical and the spiritual are really interconnected because that's how God hardwired us. We're all made this way. All human beings are made this way. With physical and spiritual hardwired like this. And these two are really connected. Your physical is dependent on your spiritual and your spiritual part dependent on your physical. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. I've, I've seen this firsthand. So I had a buddy who, he had a lot of back pain and it had gotten kind of debilitating and he had been to a number of doctors and they, they couldn't really figure out what was going on. They couldn't give him a lot of relief. And it was, it was kind of starting to wear on him. He was getting really tired of it and, and it was kind of tearing him up a little bit because he had little kids and he, he, like, he couldn't even get on the floor and play with his little kids. And he started to get a little angry. He was really disappointed about things. So he called some of us together. He said, would you guys come together and would you pray for me? Would you pray for my back? And so we did. We prayed for him. A group of us prayed for him. And honestly, right before my eyes, really cool thing happened. I I saw him healed and his, his back was much better. And it wasn't just in the moment. It has actually lasted. He was healed. But what stands out to me about that is yes, of course, the power of God to heal someone, incredible. What stands out to me is how interconnected the physical was with the spiritual. 
how a lot of the anger and the disappointment and the frustration faded away as the physical pain went away. He just wanted to be able to play with his kids and and be active with his wife. And it was tearing him up that he didn't have that. But as that could come back, physically, spiritually, he rebounded in so many ways. They're so connected, the physical and the spiritual. And I think what happens, I think it's fair to say that when we think about prayer, a lot of our prayer is directed at the physical, right? So if we're sick, we pray for healing. If we're out of work, we pray for a job. If we're traveling, we pray for safety. And, and all that is really good. But Paul comes in here with this spiritual side. He says, I'm praying that God would strengthen your inner being, the spiritual side. We take care of the physical side. We do all kinds of things to take care of it. We go to the doctor. We feed the physical side. We rest the physical side. We do maintenance, right? We get haircuts and we shave. But he goes, there's this spiritual side. I want to talk about that. I'm worried about that. I want to pray for that, your, your inner being. I pray that God would strengthen your inner being, the spiritual side, as Christ dwells in your heart. I mean, maybe even talking about, thinking about the inner being, maybe this is new to you, and you're like, what are you, what are you even talking about, this physical and this spiritual side? Maybe this is new for you to think about, but what would it be like for you to invest energy, time, and yeah, prayer into the spiritual side of your life, into this inner being side of your life. Think about that. Let's keep going. Come, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Verse 17, Paul goes on and he, he's continuing to pray. He says another thing, a second prayer. He says, I pray also that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So the second thing that Paul prays, he says, I'm praying that you would know the size of God's love for you. He says, I pray that you would know it. And he says, I pray that you would grasp it. The Greek word there for grasp it is the Greek word is catalambano. It's fun to say catalambano. You should try it right there in your living room. Let's go. Catalambano. It's fun. This word means to grab a hold of something, to claim something, to grasp something. He says, I want you to grab a hold of the love of God, of how big God's love for you is, how wide, how long, how high, how deep that God's love is, is wide enough for you and for me that it's long enough that it will go on forever, that it doesn't run out, that it's high enough to capture all of our dreams, that it's deep enough that it can pull us out of any pit of despair or sin. He goes, I want you to really get this. And not just in your head, but in your heart. This guy who's writing from prison, he's being held there unjustly. He could be angry. He could be bitter. He could be skeptical. He could be focused on all kinds of physical things. He could scrap this whole letter and just write to them and go, hey, if you love me, come get me out of jail. No, no, he doesn't. He goes, I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that you would understand how much God really loves you. 
And watch this, I love this. It's a theme throughout Ephesians. Verse 17, look at this. Paul says, you being rooted and established in love. Past tense. It's already happened. It's like Paul going, hey, hey, you can stop now. You can stop trying to get God to love you because guess what? He already does right now, just the way you are. It's like last week when Pastor Joe had, he had this shirt on that said, child of God. Paul is going, you are loved. And I want you to get this. I want you to really grasp this. I'm praying that you would know how much God loves you because that knowledge will go into that inner being. You will find contentment and satisfaction in your inner being, in your soul, in that spiritual side of you. And when you do, when your inner being is satisfied, that is when your vision goes away from the temporary sort of worldly things to the higher things, to things like the depths and the riches of God's love. I mean, think about it this way. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to be able to spend less mental energy worrying about, I don't know, money? Wouldn't you like to spend less time stressing about work? Wouldn't you like to spend less time panicking about quarantine? I mean, isn't it, it's wearing you out, right? Isn't it exhausting? Well, Paul goes, listen, it's not a new job and more money that's gonna solve all this. Yeah, it'll make you feel better for a little while, but that's not what's gonna solve all this. It's about our inner being. It's about what's going on in here and finding peace in here and experiencing God's love for real in here, in your inner being. But let's, let's, take a little, let's take a little time out, okay? Because I can hear you right now. Through the camera, I have superpowers. I can hear you. I, I know what's going on. There's a part of you that is thinking, yeah, like this, this sounds good that God loves me, that I could really grasp that? That's, like, I need to hear that. That sounds incredible to me. Maybe I don't, I don't need to worry about some of that little stuff. Maybe my life really is more than a series of events, series of, of birthdays and graduations and anniversaries and quarantine and whatever else. Maybe it really is there's something about my inner being. Maybe I've even neglected that inner being. There's something about that that you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds right. This sounds good to me. But there's this other voice. I hear it. It's, it's loud, right? And you're going, Pastor Brad, cool. God's love, awesome. Inner being, cool. Love all that stuff. Pastor Brad, like, honestly, man, I'm just trying to get through COVID. Like, I'm just trying to figure out how to navigate because I got laid off from work. Brad, I just, I don't want to be scared anymore. I don't want to be alone anymore. Brad, I'm just trying to figure out how to make it through another day in this abusive relationship. Brad, I just don't want to have cancer anymore. I just want to, I wanted to graduate from, from high school or college. Brad, I just want to get a haircut, man. 
Like you're talking about all this high and lofty stuff. Like I'm just trying to get through today. I'm just trying to feed my family. I get that. I hear that. Listen to what Paul says next. He says in verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. I wonder if when we stumble into the topic of prayer, what if the problem that we have with prayer is that our prayers are too small? What if the reason that our prayer life is so, let's just say it, boring, is because our prayers are so dang boring? What if God is actually capable of more than we could ask for? What if God's capable, like Paul writes, of more than you could imagine? You could imagine some good things, right? What if God's capable of more than that? What if God is capable than more than we could ever, far more than we could ever expect? Maybe what Paul is teaching us about prayer is that God cares, yes, he cares about our physical, he cares about our circumstances, but maybe he also cares about our character. Maybe God does care about our job and our family and our health, but maybe he also cares about our integrity and that people can trust us and that we're loving and that we're not angry and, and that we have peace. And maybe, maybe God is so great that he can do both. Maybe God is so great that he can actually care about both. Maybe Paul would tell us something like this. Yeah, you should pray for your health. But you should also pray that when you're not, when you're not healthy, that you could find peace. Maybe Paul would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pr pray about your finances. But I also want you to pray that you would learn to trust God when your bank account is empty. I think he would say, yes, pray for all these physical things. Pray for brother Bob and his gout, but also pray that Bob learns to find joy in the midst of suffering. Pray for the physical, but pray for the inner being. Pray, yes, that God would heal a broken relationship, but also that in the midst of it, God would teach you humility and forgiveness. Maybe God is just that great. We get on one track or the other, but maybe God is so great that he can handle both the physical and the inner being. Maybe God actually cares about our circumstances and our character. Maybe we've put him in this little box. And if we could actually get our minds around this idea that God is not a cosmic genie who I, you know, I rub the lamp and he has to give me my wishes. God is not a cosmic vending machine. I put in my prayers and I, I, I sort of select what I want. Here, God, here's the item that I want. But if we would actually get, we have a God who is capable of more than we could ask, more than we could imagine. And he loves us. And he wants to radically transform us into the person that he made us to be. 
It might reframe the way we pray. You know, if we look around the Bible, we look at the way people prayed in the Bible. They prayed radically, but they prayed both for the physical and the spiritual. It's, it's, it's everywhere because God knows that we are bipartite beings. We are physical and spiritual. Listen, listen to a few of these. Ezra in the Old Testament. He prays this, or he writes this. He says, I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us. So we fasted and petitioned God, and he answered our prayer. Ezra prayed for good employees for his business. That's what that's saying. He prayed, God, I need some good employees that will represent you well and represent us well. Something, a physical need, right? God answered his prayer. But then in the New Testament, James says this. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Wisdom, a character thing, an inner being thing, a spiritual thing. He says, God will give to you generously. God wants those prayers as well. Jesus tells us to pray for both the physical and the spiritual. He says it in the very same prayer. He presents a prayer of both physical and spiritual. Lord, give us today our daily bread. God, provide for us. Give us what we need. And God, lead us not into temptation of sin, both physical and spiritual. Why? Because God hardwired us two parts, physical and spiritual. And he wants both prayers. He wants to hear from us about our physical and our spiritual being. And watch this. Go back to the passage with me one more time. I want you to see this theme. Let me read it again. Verse 17. You'll, you'll hear the theme. I'll show you. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, circle it, love, may have power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love, circle it, love of Christ. And to know this love, circle that, that surpasses knowledge, that you would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I think Paul is saying this, that prayer is about love. I often think of prayer as this obligation. It's this thing, oh yeah, I have to do that. It's this, it's this checklist thing. He goes, no, it's, it's about love. It's about talking to God. It's about experiencing God's love and, and learning to love like God loves. It's not about, oh, oh geez, I gotta, I gotta pray more. I don't pray enough. No, that's where we go with it in our mind, but that's not what he's saying. He's going, look, there's this God who has the power and authority to do all things, more than you could imagine. And he loves you. And he wants to radically transform you into the person he made you to be. So what do we do with this? I told you, I don't have a five-step plan to give you a great prayer life. I don't have tips to guarantee this, this great prayer life. The truth is that for many of us, most of us, prayer is going to be a discipline in our lives. It's gonna be something that we work at, that we might even have to schedule time to do, that we have to be deliberate about. Now, some of you, you are the kind of person who gets up before the sun every day and prays. And honestly, like, you rock. I'm so jealous of that. I've never gotten up before the sun to pray. I don't think I've ever gotten up before the sun at all. I mean, maybe if I had early tea time and I was gonna play golf or something, but not to pray, you're awesome. For most of us, we, we can't do that. This journey of prayer is about finding time and space to talk to God. But 
Paul goes, man, it's, it's about love. Finding out that, that God is love and he wants to change your life and not just the tangible stuff, but that inner being stuff, that, that immaterial, that spiritual stuff. Brad, God wants to work in your life. He wants to change you. He wants to work on your pride and your stubbornness and anger that you struggle with. He wants all of those prayers. And so let me leave you with this because I don't think there's a simple solution. It's certainly not pray more, please don't walk away and feel beat up today and go, oh, I, I don't pray enough. I gotta pray more. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Let me challenge you with this. I don't think that I have to convince you to talk to God about physical things. I think we do that all the time. I think that comes more natural to us. Here's my challenge. Find some time this week and talk to God about the inner being. Just talk to him. Talk to God about courage and, and faith and forgiveness. Yeah, 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 talk to him about Aunt Betty's toenail and your dog's rash, fine, I don't care. He, he honestly, he wants to hear that stuff. God wants all of that stuff, but talk to him about humility, about gentleness and joy. God wants those prayers. In a minute, I wanna, I wanna pray for you, but I wanna tell you about something really fast. Maybe. Maybe you have some questions about things like prayer. Maybe you have questions about God. Is, is God really good? Questions about the Bible. Can we trust that thing? Maybe you are just exploring faith in Jesus. Maybe you've recently crossed the line of faith. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, but you've got questions. Awesome. I actually want to hear those questions. So we're starting something new. We're starting some Zoom calls. We're starting tomorrow night, these getting started Zoom calls where it's just gonna be a safe place where you can come and ask questions about faith and Jesus and God and the Bible and what does it mean to follow Jesus? I wanna hear your questions. I'm gonna be there. Some of our pastoral staff is gonna be there. This is gonna be a safe place for you to ask questions. And so I would encourage you, go to our website, faithchurchlv.com, click on getting started and you can sign up there. And these are gonna be happening uh, starting tomorrow and then every other Monday night for a while this summer. And I'd love to see you there. I wanna answer your questions. So faithchurchlv.com, click on getting started. I think it's gonna be a really great time and, and I would encourage you to do that. Can I just, can I end today wherever you are? Would you just bow your heads and, and close your eyes? And could I just pray? I'm actually gonna pray this prayer, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. I'm gonna pray it for us today. Our Father and our God, I pray today that out of your glorious riches that you would strengthen us with the power of your spirit in our inner being and that Christ would dwell in our, each of our hearts through faith. God, I pray that we would be rooted and established in your love that we would have power, that together as, as your people, that we would grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your endless love is. God, that we would know in our hearts the love 
that surpasses all knowledge, that we would be filled with the fullness of Jesus Christ. And now, God, to you, who is capable of more than all we could ever ask, more than we could imagine, God, to you be the glory in the church and in Christ forever and ever. Amen.